Hey y'all, welcome to the Appalachian Overlook, a metaphorical ride up these winding mountain roads where we'll explore topics and questions about what it means to live a good life in Appalachia. My name is Sarah Saavedra and I'll be your host in these conversations, airing here on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's show is going to be a rerun. I'm taking a a tip from my own book about slowing down and really trying to connect with the present moment. And in this present moment, I know we're all feeling the hustle of the holidays and I'm preparing uh, an episode for next week about grief and handling grief during the holidays and it's hitting me a little hard. So I want to make sure that I am really giving it the attention and staying present in the moment um, with what that will entail. And so today's episode is a rerun of episode three, wholeheartedness and an integrated life and talking about really um, being present and being deliberate about choices that you're making in your life and being a wholehearted person. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll catch you next week talking about grief and the holidays. Thanks for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. So every new year, I forgo the traditional resolutions of, you know, lose 10 pounds, drink more water, you know, whatever your resolution might be. And instead, I look for a word that will define the upcoming year. So the word is my ultimate goal. I'm sure I saw it somewhere on Instagram or another article I was reading, but wherever I first saw the concept, it's definitely been a great practice for me. It becomes a touch point throughout the year to refer to as I set goals, accept work, explore hobbies, make important decisions. 2019's word was integrity. For me, this meant I wanted to align my thoughts words, and actions internally and externally to become one whole undivided heart, soul, body, mind, right? Integrated is a really good word. Integrity is a great word. These are all um, sort of plays on that word and how I was thinking for that year. So for this episode of The Overlook, I wanted to share with you what I learned that year and some actionable items for you if the idea of wholeheartedness, integrity, if those things resonate with you. This show is and will always be about sharing and connecting what I've learned through my journey and how stories have resonated with me and what research says and how we can implement it together. All right. So wholeheartedness, what does it mean? Well, we can thank one of my very favorite authors, researchers, professors, and viral TED Talker um, about the power of vulnerability, Brene Brown, for this definition. As Brene Brown was studying the topics of shame and fear, yeah, she actually quantified and studied those things. Check her out for sure if you don't know who I'm uh, talking about. She noticed outliers, people who weren't held back by fear and shame, people who did things differently. She called these people wholehearted. So wholehearted living, according to Brene Brown, is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. So how do we get there? How do we cultivate wholeheartedness? 
Well, I like to think that to cultivate wholeheartedness, we have to be a whole person, right? We need to be integrated. Our body, our mind, our soul, our actions, all of those things need to be authentic and doing and thinking the same things, right? Like, I don't know how often I have thought to myself, like, why did I do that? That's not even who I am. Or why did I say that? Who was I trying to impress? Or why did I hold back? I had something to offer. If this resonates with you, stick with me because this is exactly what we're going to get into. I'd like to share this quote from Pima Chodron, who is an incredible Buddhist thinker. And this quote, we'll be sharing a couple from her uh, in this podcast because she's so good about this stuff. But she says, authenticity is the daily practice of letting go who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we actually are. So cultivating authenticity, letting go of what other people think. Authenticity doesn't come naturally to us as adults. We've spent decades learning how to act as expected and people please. I didn't even know who I really was outside of what I knew people thought of me for the longest time. Honestly, I'm not sure that learning who I am will be a lesson I master. Because, you know, we're always growing, changing, if we're living. It takes a lot of introspection and time with yourself to know who you are. When you practice authenticity, you are bound to be more vulnerable because you are your whole self and you are willing to be seen. And that's simultaneously thrilling and terrifying, right? We all have the basic social needs as humans to belong. That's where the fear comes in. Evolutionarily speaking, getting kicked out of your tribe could mean death. At least starvation, definitely not something that we wanted to happen. Although that's no longer the case, our brains still process these feelings with that survival response. It's so important in this journey to remember, you alone control your thoughts and feelings. No one can make you think or feel any certain way. Take a step back when you notice you're trying to please people or get caught up in worrying about what others think. Note this to yourself with compassion. Be kind to yourself because we'll catch ourselves all the time doing, thinking, absorbing feelings from other people, not controlling our thoughts. So it's important to take a step back and look at ourselves with compassion and non-judgmentally and just switch back to what we really think is our authentic feelings and our authentic self. So how do we put this into practice, right? Those are so many words, but what can we do? What's the action item here? Identify who you are when you feel the most like yourself. Make a list. I love a list, y'all. I'm going to tell you all the time to make a list. Make a list of your core values. Which type of people, activities, or situations make you feel the most alive? What parts of your life feel wrong, unhappy, angry, or anxious? The practice of writing these things down will start to make your path forward to authenticity clearer. Out of this, commit to small steps forward to put your authenticity into action. Keep small promises to yourself every day. If you can't trust yourself, you'll fail to practice authenticity. Okay, so we're practicing authenticity, right? We're looking at our lives, looking about when we feel the most alive, when we feel the most shame or anxiety, 
trying to incorporate the good things more and more into our lives to be more authentic and prioritize the things that really matter to us. So what's next? Uh, We touched on it a little bit, cultivating self-compassion and letting go of perfectionism. So self-compassion is just like it sounds. It's compassion for yourself. When I said that if you find yourself acting inauthentically or out of integrity with yourself, taking a look at why and how to uh, switch that up, but doing that with compassion, right? You're not going to be perfect. None of us is perfect. And perfectionism really only keeps us from doing the great big things uh, and taking the risks that are authentic to us and that we want to do to live a better life. So cultivate some of that self-compassion. I mean, we all have that inner voice constantly chattering in the background. And for most of us, this voice is critical. It criticizes us in ways we would never criticize someone else. Why are we so mean to ourselves? If our relationship with ourselves is the most important relationship we'll ever have, certainly the longest lasting one and holds the key to an authentic wholehearted life why do we constantly berate ourselves judge ourselves harshly and neglect our own needs just me i didn't think so so okay keep listening self-love is not a destination we ever arrive at with the help of a gps right it's a relationship so that means it deserves time presence nurturing compassion. If you hear nothing else in the short time we have together, I hope you'll hear this. Talk to yourself the way you would talk to someone you love. Here's a mindful moment for you. I think of this quote so often when I find myself being self-critical. It's a, a quote attributed to Buddha. You can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself. And that person is not to be found anywhere. You yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserves your love and affection. I hope so far you're with me about giving yourself some compassion, finding the things that authentically make you who you are, and committing to yourself to show up in that way more and more every day. Here's the part of the show where I'd like to share a song from my playlist. This one is actually on my running playlist because I find it quite motivational and it is just a fabulous words and really goes along with the topic we're talking about today. And that's about relationship with self and that we really are the ones who control our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. So this song is by an artist named Devin Gilfillian. We had him in Abingdon a couple times and he's been at Bristol Rhythm and Roots reunion too, if you're familiar with him. If you're not, please get familiar with him because he has got some great stuff. He's a super happy, positive guy. I love the message he spreads and his music is great. So this song is Get Out and Get It. Take a listen.
right, folks, that was Devin Gilfillian with his song, Get Out and Get It. We love that song. It's a great one. It's very motivational. Like I said, it's on my running playlist because when I want to (laughs) quit in the middle of a run, I often hear that song. And remember, I'm the only one who is going to get out after there and get the good things for myself. So I hope you liked that song. You're listening to the Appalachian Overlook, maybe on 90.7 WEHC, where it airs Mondays and Thursdays, Mondays at 6.30 p.m. and Thursdays at 1.30 p.m. Or maybe you're listening on a podcast app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to the Appalachian Overlook. So thanks for joining us. If you've just joined us and haven't heard much of this conversation, I hope you'll go and rewind on a podcast app somewhere uh, and listen to the beginning. We're talking about wholeheartedness and living an authentic life, which I think an authentic uh, life with integrity and wholeheartedness, all of those words are sort of interchangeable for me, but I think that is the real key to living a good life. So we're going through some of the things that that means uh, to me. So on to the next tip here. Let's uh, start with cultivating your resilient spirit, letting go of numbing and powerlessness. So when I think of resilience, I think of someone who can handle anything that comes at them, right? But is there more to the story? Absolutely. Resilience has nothing to do with going it alone, right? It's not just the one person who can handle anything. They're like a superhero or something. Brene Brown, again, we're going back to Brene, she shares five common qualities of resilient people. Let's take a look. They are resourceful problem solvers. They seek help when they need it. They take ownership of their ability to take action to manage their feelings. They seek out social support and they are connected to other people. In our country, we talk a lot about rugged individualism, right? That's kind of this myth of the hero who is resilient and, you know, takes care of things and can handle everything uh, by themselves. But we know that real resilience has nothing to do with being alone. It has a lot more to do with being connected. Uh, Buddhism would teach us that we are all inextricably linked and that the idea that we are independent of others is false. And actually that that notion that we're independent, not connected to anybody leads to suffering. The connection of our community, of social support, these things give us perspective and a sense of purpose. So the flip side of cultivating your resilient spirit is the letting go of numbing and powerlessness. Escaping life through addiction, scrolling social media, or drowning out your problems with obligations, that's That's what I did. (laughs) And what I do sometimes when I'm really anxious is I'll just pile more on top and do more, do more, do more. But these things won't help us develop resilience because they're avoidance behaviors and they'll actually make us less equipped to handle life, whether it is the highs or the lows. So escaping life through any sort of addiction, whether it's workaholism, it's you know, drinking or any other kind of mind controlling, you know, substance. I talk about this a lot and probably the next episode we need to have is on maybe my journey through sobriety and and how much it's helped me. But really, for me, the key to integrating my whole self was to stop drinking. Uh, Sobriety has been really the key for me that really integrated all of the parts of myself together and helped me clearly see 
a way forward. So I would have to say that um, this cultivating of resilience is definitely hand in hand combined with letting go of numbing. So if you're more interested in getting to know a little bit more about sobriety, I highly recommend the book, This Naked Mind. It is a fantastic book that really just kind of gets into the science of the cycle of anxiety and addiction and alcohol specifically and how, although we think it's relieving our anxiety, the truth is it really isn't. So again, that book recommendation is This Naked Mind. Here's a mindful moment for you. This is a quote from Pima Chodron I'd like to share. It's from her book, Start Where You Are, A Guide to Compassionate Living. And I think it really resonates with the idea of cultivating your resilient spirit. We already have everything we need. There is no need for self-improvement. All these trips that we lay on ourselves, the heavy-duty fearing that we're bad and hoping that we're good, the identities that we so dearly cling to, the rage, the jealousy, and the addictions of all kinds never touch our basic wealth. They are like clouds that temporarily block out the sun, but all the time our warmth and brilliance are right here. This is who we really are. We are one blink of an eye away from being fully awake. I just love that quote from Hima Shadron. We have everything we need already inside of us. I think about that a lot when I'm going through tough times and trying to be a wholehearted person and remembering that what I need is not outside of me externally. What I need is inside of me. So cultivating all of these things and more, there's so much more to this, but take it one step at a time, really just starting to integrate these things. I'm going to touch some points here real quickly, but they're worth diving into a little more on your own. So uh, some more recommendations for authentic living, integrity, wholeheartedness, whatever word uh, that really resonates with you is to cultivate gratitude, to cultivate intuition, letting go the need to control. That's a big one for me. Cultivating creativity play and rest. So we've talked a lot about play and rest and, and creativity. Let's let's touch a little bit on gratitude. It is just so important not only to experience more joy, but it's also a way to let go of fear and scarcity, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Keep a gratitude journal or maybe explore some loving kindness meditation. Uh, the serenity prayer works for a lot of folks when we talk about letting go the need for control, which is different depending on which religious background you come from. But for me, as someone who doesn't uh, subscribe to a certain religion, I really like the serenity prayer and just reminding myself to let go of the things I can't control, um, to look at the things I can control, and to have courage to change those things. So everything we've been talking about in this episode has really been talking about those things that we can control, our thoughts, our actions, our words, our feelings, and really digging down to those things. And when I remember that I have control over those things, it really does help me let go of the things I don't have control of and really dig down to what I can do to improve whatever situation I might be going through. So for the loving kindness meditation, I would wholeheartedly recommend the book, 
The Revolutionary Art of Happiness. It's by Sharon Salzberg, and she talks through, in every chapter, just great stories and real practical guides to meditation. It's not hoo-hoo and and all, you know, super spiritual, but it is very practical, just way of controlling your thoughts and getting into some more in-depth meditation. So I love that book, The Revolutionary Art of Happiness. So let's talk about intuition, cultivating your intuition. Keep your internal connection strong. So some of us may feel disconnected from our intuition. I know I have felt like that. Make time so that when you find yourself in uncertainty, you can find stillness and question, what is my gut telling me to do? What would I do if I had no fear? I spent the first 33 plus probably years of my life ignoring my reality and very infrequently trusting my intuition. As I've gone through these practices that we've talked about, I can think back on times where going with my gut would have saved me a lot of heartache. It's all part of self-growth and ties into trusting yourself and keeping promises to yourself. Remember I said earlier, if you can't keep a promise to yourself, you can't trust yourself. And if you can't trust yourself, you're not going to be on your way to wholeheartedness. So keep those promises to yourself and start trusting yourself more. Cultivating creativity, play and rest, letting go of comparison, finding some calm and stillness. The euphemisms are out there, right? I'll sleep when I'm dead. And our culture puts so much emphasis on productivity that we view creative endeavors, play and rest as frivolous luxuries. Even as adults, our nervous systems still need some downtime for unstructured play, just like kids. We are actually less productive when we're tired, depleted, and have no creative juice. Studies show time and time again that we work more efficiently and get more work done when we work less and play more. I'm reminded of studies where you hear all the time of uh, corporations who've gone to four-day work weeks and how actually their productivity goes up, you know, something crazy like 60 or 70 percent. So just cultivate that into your own life, more time for play, more time for rest where you don't feel uh, guilty for it, where you actually know it is to enhance your productivity, enhance your effectiveness as a person at work and also at play and with your family. So when talking about wholeheartedness and living authentically, we can get overwhelmed. It seems like a simple directive, right? Be yourself. But I found that it's a lifelong process that doesn't come naturally. I've given up on trying to arrive at that destination where I'm perfectly authentic and perfectly myself. It's just changing all the time. Self-love isn't a destination, remember, that you arrive at and can comfortably stay forever. It's a relationship that needs attention, compassion, quality time, and heaps and heaps of kindness. Start with yourself and you'll find resiliency and integrity will be natural consequences. So I've got a Facebook challenge for you guys. If you're online, please join us over on the Appalachian Overlooks Facebook page and join in the conversation. The question this week will be, what is one way you tended to your relationship with yourself this week? I'd love for you guys to put some of this into practice and to tell me how it goes or maybe even give tips of how you've already put this into practice and what you found to be true for yourself. We aren't alone. We're all connected. 
Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Appalachian Overlook here on 90.7 WEHC or wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you joining me along for this ride. I really hope that we can connect outside of the podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so please join us. I can't wait to keep the conversation going. I'm going to end us out with a song that I just love from the collection. This is Becoming My Own Home. Slowly awakening The mountains are my only goal So I can shed my skin And be made whole In the crisp air and the red clay Will be my salvation Well your absence sets in With the early frost And the things that I've loved Are the things I've lost Sheep from the goats This year I am becoming my own home This year I am becoming my own I come across looks abandoned Pacing every inch of this room Looking for one spot without memories of you But the blisters turn to callous if I'll just keep walking Well your absence sets in with the burning trees And the things that I've loved are the things that Coming my own home. This year I'm becoming my own.